When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf, and welcome to this podcast. Today, I'm talking about the power of the mind to overcome challenges. And in the studio with me today, I'm doing part two with the series with Rusty Labaskachny, who is a man who has gotten through the most unbelievable challenges in his life. He was unfairly accused of murdering someone, in, and he's going to tell you the story briefly as well now. And he was put in prison for 10 years in maximum security under the most horrific conditions. And he survived this. He forgave. It is a powerful story. He has a book and a DVD. This is something that you really need to get your hands on. It is an incredible, incredible, enlightening and hopeful way of learning how to the power of your mind. So, Rusty, welcome. Thank you for coming Thanks, back. Caroline. You're amazing. The story is phenomenal. It's <laughs> like you. I was saying to you, you know, just after the show the last time, I was just saying to you how all this years of all these years of mind brain research that I've done, and I've worked in extreme conditions in South Africa and, and PC people in the most extreme conditions, and I've seen the power and the perseverance and the resilience. But just to to hear your story and to hear it on such a personal level and how you've overcome it confirms me just again how brilliant God has made us in terms of our power of our minds the power of our spiritual and the power of the spiritual to control the physical because you've experienced that yeah. you've lived in the most you had to go through the most extreme physical and mental challenges and you managed to cope and come out smiling come out healed come out where you have now your whole desire is just to help people get through life and make a difference it's it's incredible do you mind just giving a like a one minute synopsis and then dive into part two because people can pick up part one which they really need to do to listen to what we've already been saying okay thanks caroline so just in a nutshell um Fourth generation Zimbabwean from a cattle ranching background. I uh, lost my dad when I was 12. Grew up struggling financially. Went into business and became very successful. And then was wrongly convicted and spent 10 years in Zimbabwe's prisons during the Zimbabwe dollar crash. And the horrors that I went through during that time. But most importantly for me is the life lessons I learned from that experience. So I lost 10 years of my life and I lost everything that I'd worked for up till then. But what I've gained deep inside from that experience far outweighs what I had before. Um, and one of the most powerful parts of that is my spiritual life. And when I say that, I started off um, as somebody that didn't go to church, felt I didn't need to. There was always a position for people that went to church. So I understood that, but I just I was too selfish. It was all about me and, and where I was going. <clears throat> and I didn't need guidance. So I didn't go to church. I didn't, I, didn't do, I didn't read the Bible or anything. But my mom was very spiritual and my sister. And I respected that. And they would pray for me often, but I didn't feel I needed to. But I say that because I, I gave an example in the first episode of where the Lord really touched me deeply. So I knew that he was there, um, but I still didn't feed uh, or let anyone know about that experience. And then I'd been moved to a medium security prison. That was after four years, one year in Kami Max. Then they moved me to Chikarubi Maximum Security Prison. Uh, I was four and a half years there. And uh, Kami Max, there were 1,000 guys in, in Chikarubi, Chikarubi Max. There were 2,000. 1,200 guys. And then Harare Central, there were 1,200 guys. While I was in that prison, it was a medium security prison, so it's a lot more relaxed. Mm -hmm. And my sister was feeding me every day at that time, like we explained in part one. 
And she came to me one day and because it was more relaxed in the security, mm-hmm. um, the guards were offering her to smuggle stuff in for me and then she would pay them. So she said to me one day, would you like an iPod while she was feeding me through the s- screen? So I said, no. I said, well, what's an iPod? So she said, no, it's a thing that plays music. So I thought it was a huge thing. So I said, well, how big is it? And she indicated this small, flat little thing. So I said, well, how many songs does it play? <laughs> so she said, oh, about a thousand. So I said, no ways. So where do you put all the discs? I had no idea what iPod What had happened with technology? Yeah, in just six years I'd been away. Anyway, the following day the iPod arrived under the salad. And about a week later, a cell phone was sneaked in too. So it was a really yes. exciting, risky business. That you, you said under dream. the salad. The iPod came in under the salad. Is that yeah. what I heard you yeah. say? <laughs> Interesting salad. Yeah. And you couldn't dream of doing that in the maximum security. Oh. And everything was going smoothly mm-hmm. until an envious prisoner reported me. And after an unexpected search, unbelievably through some quick maneuvering with on-site guards, because a lot of my friends were paying them just to, to look after me, yeah. okay. um, nothing was discovered. But they sent me to solitary confinement anyway for two years. Oh, no. Are yeah. you serious? You were solitary for two years just two because years. you were a suspect in a potential... Yeah. They knew I had a phone, but they couldn't find it because the guards had it for me. And the instruction was from HQ to search myself. Um, it's a long story, but I ended up in a solitary confinement for two years. So I was allowed out during the day, but from three o'clock in the afternoon until the morning locked alone in a cell 18 months later with everything going perfectly so you saw no one in that 18 months except to be given no food. the light out into the exercise okay. yard okay during the day, day and then but at night, night i was locked in. alone so at five o'clock one morning a guard came to myself to my spy hole in my door and he was the dress they're coming for your phone there's no way of getting a phone out of there but someone had bought me a protein powder about a month before and I opened it and broke the silver seal, removed half the powder, wrapped the phone in plastic, put it in, replaced the powder, put the seal and closed it. At six o'clock, the guards arrived and what they do is they make you strip naked. Now, these searches went on like monthly, sometimes uh, two a month. So, and they're always first thing in the morning. So mm-hmm. six o'clock, they arrive and they make you strip naked. Then you jump with your legs open like you're hiding something. And then you all walk out stark naked into the courtyard and they do the search. Okay. So I came back into my cell and everything was upside down everywhere but my protein powder is still in good shape my goodness <laughs> all the spirits are high five minutes later I'm summoned to the security office so I walk in there and there are four guys guards standing one seated behind a desk and an empty chair now I hadn't sat in a chair for seven and a half years Gosh. they says take a seat just say that again I hadn't sat in a chair, chair for, for seven, seven and, and a half years. years I mean this is the extreme conditions and you yeah. say this with a smile on your face I mean oh, this yeah. is unreal what, what you've all behind me your mind you've, you've created a whole new you've transformed the process of the past and how it plays out in your future. I mean, it's unreal. Yeah. Incredible. Anyway, I take a seat. They said to me, do you have a girlfriend called Karen? So I said, no. Said I had one before prison called Karen. Said, okay, when did you last talk to her? So I said, long ago, before prison. He said, are you sure? I said, yeah. So he hands me a letter addressed to me from Karen saying, it's so nice talking to you on the phone the other night. You sound so positive. So um, after some intense questioning, gosh. and you talk about God's intervention, the story just came to me. So I said, no, Karen was having lunch in Bulawayo one day and she met this lady and they started chatting and soon realized that they both had boyfriends in the same prison. So the lady said, well, let me call my boyfriend who's a guard in there and he can call Russ. And then you can have a chat. I had a story. Wow. So they said, well, what's the guard's name? After I couldn't tell them the guard's name, they, ne- they never bought the story. So an hour later, oh. after intense questioning... Did they, they ever- physically... Was it just questioning? Were you... Were they, did they uh, apply physical abuse? Or no. Anything? Just they questioning. They just made me sit on the floor and they called in... Emotional some heavy guards, yeah. Mm-hmm. But no physical. An hour later, they escorted me up to the officer in charge. And when you go up there... 
it's big trouble. It's tickets. Mm. And there were about 15 big brass officers all standing mm. in a circle. And the officer in charge behind his big desk and my empty chair in the middle. So he says, take a seat. Mm. And I sat down. So he said, if you don't tell me what that guy's name is, your life in this prison is going to change. And him and I were good mates. So I said, officer, I don't know his name. So then the question started. How old is he? How tall? What rank? Where did you make the call? How long ago did you make the call? And I answered the best I could. And the questions were flying from everyone. And they oh. were getting angrier and angrier because they That's didn't have a case. I had a story. So... Then one guard said to the officer in charge, he said to me, do you want to talk to the officer in charge on his own? So I said, yes, please. So they all leave. I closed the door. And I said, officer, we've both been through hell. We've watched hundreds of guys die. I've donated endless stuff to the prison service, soccer balls, volleyballs, volleyball nets, soccer uniforms and boots for the squad. I said, can't you just let the son go? So he said, Rust, I don't care about you, but I want the guard's name now. And he was angry. I said, officer, I don't know his name. So he said, okay. They called the guards, put him on death row in the dark cell. This is your friend. This is my St. George friend. So they escort me over to the condemned section. And the cells were three meters long by one meter, same as my solitary confinement, but dark because the only vent was covered by a staircase and the electric light didn't work. They made me strip naked, gave me three worn out filthy blankets, um, a five liter container cut off at the top as a toilet, same as solitary, and one liter of water. They locked me in there for 23 hours and 45 minutes a day. So I was allowed out five minutes in the morning to clean my teeth, five minutes at 10 o'clock to have a shower, and five minutes at three o'clock to prepare for lockup. It was cold, lonely, and dark. I couldn't even see my hand, like being buried alive. Desperate on day six, I got on my knees and I prayed. And I'll never forget the feeling of that warm water being poured over me like I experienced on the mountain. So I knew immediately. And I'm talking about something that that I I knew nothing about. I just knew when it happened that the Lord was there. I could feel it straight away. So you didn't have religion, but you had God. You connected connected with God. So I just sat on the floor, leaning against the wall, and I I was completely confident everything's fine. Within 30 minutes... Total peace. You experienced total peace in the midst of that absolute trauma. I knew. I just knew. Within 30 minutes, my Afrikaans mate shouted from the soccer ground next to the condemned section, Hey, Russ, everything's okay, my mate. Don't worry. Everything's okay. So I jumped up. I said, hey, fool. Don't worry, Russ. Everything's okay. I thought, okay. Lay down on the concrete, looking up the darkness. Within 10 minutes, they unlocked myself. God, God, and that noise goes right through. Chucked me in my clothes. Said, the officer in charge wants to see you. So I walk out into the blinding sun, across the courtyard, up the stairs to his office. And his exact words were, he said, hello, Rust. I said, hello, officer. He said, have you remembered the God's name yet? I said, no, officer. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave it in God's hands. You can go back to yourself. And at the exact time that I was praying, my sister was paying him 200 US dollars to get me out of there. So that's how much God looks after me. Wow. And I wish that people don't understand the power of prayer. If you ask, it'll happen. I didn't, I never thanked him ever. I, you know, I didn't worship God, but I just thought I needed him on the mountain and then in, so in the, on death row. And he helped me. It was so, that need. You reached out in need, no matter what, no matter what situation you reached no out to Godness, love, yeah. and it touched you. So that, that changed wow. my whole life then, wow. because you must know all the questions I asked myself when I went in to prison. That, yeah. Is there really a God? I prayed in that courthouse, looking up through the window, please God help me. I prayed to my mom and dad. I, I didn't want to go to prison. So when I went in there, you were devastated. I said, "Where's Where's God? Where's God yeah. in this situation?" When I look at the whole picture now, I see where I was going before prison. All about me being someone big in a little pool. Now I'm a little fish in a huge ocean, making big waves. 
helping people understand where they can go even when you're completely broken. That's unbelievable. You've actually yeah. found the meaning of life. You Absolutely. really have. You found the meaning of life in that purpose. situation. The purpose. Yeah. And the and the passion to now reach out. And look how you your automatic reaction is to reach out to others. Yeah. You know, and, and there's yeah. a study that shows that when we in our worst place, when you reach out to others, it increases our own healing, mental and physical, by a factor of sixty eight percent. You know, and so you're you're reaching yeah. out in the bonds that you had created in prison and the relationships and the Entanglement, and then how you reached out to. I mean, this is just such powerful stuff. It's it's like if people don't believe in a beyond a supernatural force. Yeah. You know, you, I hope your story will help people because we need hope today. Absolutely. You know, most people' identity and, and lack of hope is the underlying cause of, of conflict of people trying to find what they think they can find if they control others or the right. confusion that played out in that in an, in an angry way. And what you're saying is that you actually found you found that it's it's a, it's real. And when you find positives in all the negatives going on around you. Mm-hmm. It really uplifts you in in prison, and you can feel it. You can feel your body physically responding, yeah. and there's the mind brain connection in action. Yeah, where your mind, and I keep saying it, is the ninety to ninety nine percent of you, the non physical, the spiritual. So when we yeah. talk about the non physical in science, we're talking about the spiritual in spirituality. Yeah, and that's the dominant part of us. That's where our power resides. Okay. You know, so when you read in the we read in the scriptures, we have a love, power, and a sound mind. We see in quantum physics that this is actually proven that the power of humanity to make changes is the most fundamental part of what reality is. So if you have this ability to choose, think, feel, and choose, and create love choices which have impact and toxic choices which have, and you've experienced that firsthand, which is a privilege. Yes, a terrible privilege. I say in inverted commas because who would want to go through what you went through? And I'm sure you wouldn't choose that again. Yeah. But look how you've transformed it, how you've reconceptualized it. I mean, yeah. This is powerful stuff. You need to get Rusty's book. He's done it, written a book called Beating Chains, and he's got a DVD that goes with it. If you go to our show notes, you'll find the web, his website, and you'll find how to get the book and DVD. This is a powerful, life-changing story. It's real, and it's real, and it's and it's talking about connecting to the reality of something that's beyond the now, yeah. something that's just indescribable. There's something else I needed to, I need to say. Please. And I wanted to ask you. Absolutely. Is the the power of gratitude where um, I learned in prison that we all want too much in our lives, like I did when I was before prison, and instead of appreciating what we have. And um, for me, first of all, giving thanks to God every day goes a long way. For my health, a beautiful family, a lovely home, a soft bed, running water, and so on. Toilet that flushes, don't have to wash your clothes in the toilet like you had to do in prison. Absolutely. Because when there's no food, no water, and people are dying all around you, you become grateful for the fact that you're still breathing. Wow. And every day is a blessing. When you lie on a floor with 78 other people and your breath is not even your own, gratitude suddenly has a different meaning altogether. Wow. That's, yeah. a, that's powerful. So, so gratitude for me, forgiveness was massive. But gratitude is one of the most powerful emotions that, that has influenced me as well in my life. Where I'm grateful about who I am, what I've achieved, and, and what I have in my life. And, and people tend to forget that. That's so amazing. You know, you just, you know, I get shivers down my spine when I hear you because I've just released a book called Think, Learn, Succeed. And the first part of it is all about mindsets. And gratitude is one of them. And I explain a mindset being an attitude, a flavor, a, um, an, a every thought that we build, every piece of information, every experience is information plus the emotion attached to it and and a mindset is the kind of the overarching flavor of that thought so what you're saying is that the the overarching flavor of your thoughts on a day-to-day basis then and you've carried this through into your your life now your new life was is one of gratitude and 
the research shows that it's a state of gratitude is one of the most natural states of the human brain. We naturally have an optimism bias. Scientists say we're wired for love, so we don't have any circuits or any 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 um, enzymes or right down to the quantum level, subatomic particles, nothing from the macroscopic to the microscopic to the subatomic for anything toxic. And gratitude is one of the um, powerful mindsets because mindsets are power. They're houses of power. So gratitude is a literal powerhouse. And when you activate it, you change and transform your body, okay. which then carries over into the mind because of the mind-brain connection. So mind to body, body back to mind. You know, so it's a powerhouse that you've activated. But the thing here that's critical is that you've chosen to activate it. You chose when you were sharing, literally sharing breath in that 78, 78 people squished up together in those yeah. conditions. You chose to say, okay, this could be that, but I choose to be grateful for just being alive. You could have chose to mm. just be negative and maybe just died from, because people die from bitterness. People yeah. die from, from a lack of gratitude. A lack of gratitude can kill you. Okay. You know, it puts your yeah. body into toxic stress. It makes you work against you instead of for you. So you've yeah. experienced that first and you cannot stress enough how important the power. So okay. thank you for making a whole mindset that I have researched scientifically and okay. I know to be an important part of my life. And you've actually given me a whole new view of what the gratitude mindset is and the okay. power and how yeah. you activated it with your unique thinking. Beautiful. Absolutely amazing. Another Go big ahead. one for me was, and you can call it appreciating true freedom or love. Okay. And I heard you speaking about love yesterday and today and how powerful it is for me and how I related to it when you were talking. And people don't appreciate freedom. And I've realized that even when we are not in prison, there are ways in which we're in prison ourselves. Okay. That's so good. That is so, so good. Business partnerships, yeah. badly selected careers, yep. being obsessed with money and ambition in the corporate world, even unhappy marriages. And Envying other people, wanting what other people have got, mentality—it's total poison. It actually damages your brain totally. All Absolutely. of those things you've just described yeah. actually cause brain damage. Well, only when you have your freedom completely taken away do you realize that you were actually in prison too at wow. one time. Yeah, Prisoner I saw it all clearly those. when I was taken out. So when I see these people now, I think, can't you see Something. that you're imprisoning yourself? And that's, if you, yeah. if you, I wish I could explain to people how precious and priceless freedom is. If you look at your life as it is, mm -hmm. how free are you within your circumstances? Because freedom is not just mm -hmm. not being in prison. Freedom is the ability... Prison we create with our minds absolutely. our choices. With freedom every... is the ability to make a choice and act on it. Freedom is letting go of what you can't control. Freedom is forgiveness. Freedom is being free from negativity. Freedom brings health. If and you can be free mm -hmm. in all areas of your life, you'll reach your full potential. And I think freedom is connected to love in that way. Totally. I totally agree because when you're in the love zone, I teach on the love and the fear zone and how, and I used normally, you saw on the stage, I have a green tree and a toxic tree. Yeah. One is the love zone. That's our natural zone. So when you step into that, the way what you're talking about freedom, yeah. um, I'm explaining as love and as yeah. stepping into eternity and stepping into wisdom. And you, you get these brilliant mathematicians. Sir Roger Penrose is one of my favorite mathematicians who actually shows that and has done the calculations to show that we actually live in love. And love is freedom. It's all the ethical values of freedom, of forgiveness, of all the good stuff, all the mindsets that I was talking about, that I talk about 15 in my research in my book, Think, Learn, Succeed. Yeah. You've experienced those, but they live in that zone and they wisdom and, and freedom is wisdom. And when you get yeah. in those, yeah. you suddenly start baking life's cakes in a totally different way. And you've experienced that. Mm -hmm. And you know, you say how you wish you could get that too. I get it, Rusty, because when I teach this stuff, I just want people to see, you know, this yeah. is so real. Look at what you've got. Don't sit there and whine and moan because you're just killing yourself one, yeah. one whine and moan at a time or one 
one yeah. lack of gratitude or one lack of happiness or one desire for more and one bit more envy, you've actually, I get that. And your passion, let me tell you something scientific that may help free you, which has helped free me in this. Because sometimes I used to get so frustrated. How do I get this message through to people? Yeah. And what you're doing, and I feel it right now, is that you're generating, and this is not anything weird or woo-woo, this is pure science. The love that you feel for people because of your experience yeah. is pouring all over me at the moment. And you're sending yeah. out you're sending out quantum waves of love. You're generating that through the people listening are going to experience that. Your genuine, authentic passion is extremely evident. So that's pouring out of every part of you. And that's what will convince people. If they don't really process what you're saying, yeah. there's something about how you're saying it that is transforming lives too. Okay. So that's just a little encouragement for you, just to no, keep you. that, that passion and integrity and you know the genuine heartfelt desire that you have thank to you. give people, teach people meaningfulness in life. When you talk about love, um, when I was released, so I've been free five and a half years now. It's not long, is it? I mean, no, it's, it's really 50% of what you spent yeah, in. Yeah, and it's flown by like crazy. When I was in there, dragged along. I can imagine. <laughs> but when you spoke about love today, I, was ne- I never felt whole until I met Sandra, my partner. She's my, one of my dearest, oldest friends yes. that I've known for years. <laughs> so I, I, I resonated so much with you when you said that because I was still lost. There was still something oh, missing missing in my life. Mm. And I wanted to say something about her. Yeah, please, that please do. She has made me want to be a better person because she is such a beautiful person. Mm, that's amazing. And she's not only gorgeous, she's smart. She's uh, And she's just... Um, she wants. She makes me want to be a better person because I don't want to do anything that'll upset her. When you when you have someone in your life like that, like that. Mm-hmm. you feel whole again. Yes, and there's a completeness. Uh, yeah, I'm complete now. Um, I'm happy amazing. and I'm ready. And, and I think I'm in a place now because of her to now really make a difference uh, in in transforming my experience to other people. That's incredible. So there was a completeness that yeah. was almost missing that was kind of another piece of the puzzle that gave you the strength, courage, whatever it was that you needed. I don't think it was courage. I think you had that already, but something. My soulmate. Soulmates that yeah. you felt that difference and I, I can relate to that I mean I have the same sort of relationship with, with Mac and it's you, you without that you just, you just it just really helps doesn't yeah, it but absolutely. to experience love again you maybe never felt that you were going to ever have that in your time in prison you may have never felt that no but that I you knew when I, that again. when I when I was free from prison I knew that I wasn't I wasn't not that I wasn't free, but I wasn't complete. There was a recognition now, of that. I feel that my life is is complete That's now. That's incredible. Yeah. Rusty, I know you've got you've got a few more minutes. I know you've got more stories in you yeah, about do. this. So <laughs> can you can you pick up something? What would you like to still talk about? I mean, I know there's so much that you could say that you think would be a great. I think the the one thing that that I learned in prison was the power of empathy. Where mm. unless unless you are put in that situation. People don't, they're not pushed to the stage where you can really empathize with people. I think we get so caught up in what we're doing in, in everyday life and trying to grow, grow, grow. And we forget about being uh, those people that are less fortunate. Some of us mm. are built to lead and grow and others are built to just enjoy everyday life and mm. remain where they are. Empathize with people that are not so fortunate to have what you have. Exactly. And just and, being able to tune into other people, is that something you found that you've, is, when you talk yeah, about empathy, being able to to see everyone almost in that for their own story because that's the biggest thing is every single person on this planet every human wants to be looked at in a way that they actually are their story is being heard by another person we need yeah. that yeah no. that's really what empathy is 
well, the guards in prison used to beat prisoners like you can't believe. And I know that we're talking about the dregs of society, so mm-hmm. so to speak. But when you see people dying every day, um, it reaches something inside you that they're still human. Exactly. And, and we were all a family. And in once there. they were someone's baby. Yeah, they were. And they they fathers and children of some people. Yes. And so I learned in there that these people, although they, they you know, some of them you never want to see out of prison, they are still people. Mm-hmm. And we need to understand that you can't just ignore those dregs of society. All of us. All of us. Had, all of us deserve to be yeah. heard in some way at some point in time, yeah. just to be heard and spoken to. Yeah. That's incredible. The power of empathy, which is a very powerful um, mindset. It's a very powerful Absolutely. giving where you're actually tuning mm-hmm. into other people. And interestingly enough, in Zimbabwe, they're leaders without even realizing in the field of mental health with the, the concept of the friendship bench. I'm not sure if you've heard of the friendship bench. No. Which is a, it's, it's, it's one granny one day was just sitting on a log and she became the person that everyone would just go to and talk to. And she had empathy. That's what reminded me of this. She just listened. She didn't judge. She didn't try and tell them what to do. She just listened. And she became so famous. Everyone would come from all over the place to just talk. And it became such a fascinating success story that Harvard and Kings picked up on it, did studies. And it became a transformational way that they multiplied this granny skill. They called it the friendship bench throughout. And I thought, here's this country that you're describing that has gone through so much. And you've experienced so much. And here they're offering something that is actually one of the most successful mental health models to help people deal with their mind and the core of it is empathy okay. and just listening to other people so yeah. it's amazing that you've actually yeah. that you picked up on that and having empathy for others Rusty you to two minutes what can you say what words of wisdom are you've got so many profound and you'll have to do more to work definitely we do all in together. some way have become desensitized to things in our community at one time or another wow it is a surviving mechanism mm-hmm. but if you've lost the ability to empathize then you have lost what it means to be human I love that and that echoes words that I actually wrote in my book those exact words literally really? on the one of the mindsets is community mindset and we designed we know scripturally that in him we live move and have our being we all connected in body all that stuff but if you don't know about those scriptures yeah. quantum physics shows that the most important law of, of the most important law of quantum physics is the relationship law which is entanglement we're designed to be entangled in each other's lives so community is a mindset that's natural and we're living in very individualistic times where people have become very individualistic and what's, what's what's resulted in that one of the core results of that is that more people die annually from loneliness, lack of community, lack of love, lack of empathy, all that's housed within that um, than any disease known to mankind. So we really have reached a very bad state in us in, in this particular age. So and you've experienced how to counter that, like the antidote yeah. in a very extreme situation. Yeah. So people need to listen to you. You need to get this book. This book is profound. It's something I think you'll just keep on your coffee table and read keep on reading and referring and sharing and I, I really hope and pray that your message just grows and grows and grows because what you've got to share is is extremely life-giving Thanks, it's really Jeremy. filled with love and it's it's powerful so go to our go to the show notes get this book get the dvd the website's there and thank you for joining us thank you caroline amazing. thank you and thank you can you. get uh, my book on my website www.ptchange.com and the dvd on the and you have no idea how grateful i am for this interview well i'm so grateful that you took the time thank you so much thank you for joining us today this is dr caroline leaf and i hope that you have been blessed beyond what you could ever believe because i have been thank you for joining me